This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hello, I'm Scott Soshnick. And I'm Eben Novi williams And this is the Is the Second Screen, Now the First Screen sports business podcast, The Sportacast. Yeah, and I got to say, we're joined by Kelsey Bauer, Senior Manager of U.S. Sports Partnerships at Twitter. And Kelsey, you're lucky that you're coming on now and not like a month ago. I mean, <laughs> we're thrilled to have you. But I got to say, this process for Twitter verification has sent me, you know, oh, in no. a circuitous route. But I am now proud to say, I believe, Eben, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, and I know you love to do that, that our entire staff, as well as sort of the main feed, everybody is now verified on Twitter. I think we are there now. Yeah, I got verified like eight years ago through a prior employer, and I had no idea how big a deal it was it's going to turn into. It, it is certainly an achievement. Yeah, achievement. So congratulations to all of you. But we have seen, you know, our social media editor tells us like she has seen immediate benefits. I always thought it was just sort of this yeah. ego thing, but I was completely wrong. Like, what are the benefits uh, of being verified? It's like the algorithms take you more seriously or something like that. So you tell us, Kelsey. Yeah, and I mean, look, the the that blue check is what a lot of people chase. Um, a lot of us on the sports team are not verified. What um, are <laughs> you? you? Know, we, we don't need to necessarily publicly and formally, uh, you know, do something like that, um, like verifying ourselves. But um, we're excited to work with our partners, especially folks like you and um, the partners that we work with day to day, to make sure that they are verified because. To your point, when people see that sort of seal of approval, um, they just take you more seriously and um, they know that you're the real deal. Because unfortunately, in the world of social media, sometimes you just don't know who, who you're working with, who you're dealing with. So that blue check just helps make sure that folks just know that they're talking to the real person. <laughs> while, while we're on this topic, I'll tell you a quick story. I was down in uh, in Tallahassee last summer uh, visiting Florida State, and I was there with Jim Cavalli, who runs Influencer, and he was giving a presentation to all of the Florida State athletes about the new NIL laws. Oh, You're going to be yeah. able to market yourself. You can become an influencer. Here's all the things you can do. Lays the whole thing out. Beautiful 30-minute presentation. All a, a ton of Florida State athletes are sitting there. He ends his, his presentation. He goes, okay, any questions? Your lives are about to change. Do you have any questions for me? And a guy in the front row raises his hand and he goes, can you help me get verified? <laughs> <laughs> and the whole room burst out laughing. And I, I thought it was one. It's obviously like it, it shows the import of that blue check mark. And yeah. two, to me, it was such a, a, an easy story to distill how 
everybody was totally unprepared and I didn't even know what to ask about the way that NIL was going to change their lives. But he was like, I get that question all the time. It was clearly something that, that was on the front of the mind of athletes uh, and young people all over yeah, the world. We, we get that question a lot. Folks just really want that blue check because it, you know, it just shows that they're the real deal and I don't blame them, but um, can't say that's our favorite thing to deal with on, the, on our team. Evan, I thought you'd take the opportunity to flex and ask Kelsey to get you the, the at Evan. There's, there's, there's some squatter guy who's just at Eben and like he hasn't tweeted in forever. And, you know, how do you feel about underscores and Twitter handles? Because let me see if you're team Soshnik or team Novi Williams. <laughs> Honestly, I don't. It depends on how you use it, for sure. Um, when there's just like an underscore with some numbers at the end, not my favorite. Okay. But, what if um, your last name has a hyphen and you use the yeah, underscores? Like if you play, yeah, if there's a fun way to play with it where it makes sense with your name or your identity. I'm with it. It's Thank you. When you just sort of are adding things onto the end that don't make sense. I'm not sure that I love that as much. <laughs> All right. So it's okay. You can both be wrong on this podcast. It's fine. <laughs> All right, Kelsey, let's dive into it. Uh, I often talk about my son who's 12 years old as my focus group of one and his pals, but I'm going to go with the old man. I've been doing, you know, I'm, I still have a cable bundle, all right? But I'm the old man of the crew. And I'll tell you, even I watch TV these days. Game is on, whatever. But I am constantly checking Twitter. That is my second screen. Uh, and I, I know Bo Han's going to be angry at me if I say, like, that's what alerts me to <laughs> other games that are close. And I'll switch and I'll find it. But I, I find it an invaluable tool. It's my tip service, I guess. Yeah. How do you watch TV and how are you, if you can, I mean, very difficult to ask because there's a swath of demographics. I get it. But how are people utilizing Twitter while they engage in sports? Yeah, so uh, you're, you're spot on. Uh, a lot of uh, sports fans that we found through research that we've done love to be on Twitter while games are happening on TV. And I'm obviously speaking very specific to the sports space. Um, but as you're watching a game live on your TV, you just want to talk to folks who are watching it too. You no longer necessarily need to be at the game in a seat talking to someone next to you. Twitter allows you to, to have that space sitting at your on your couch at home. Um, we found, just to give you a stat, two out of three people – um, really like to feel like they're a part of the game through Twitter. So they engage with Twitter to feel more connected to the game that they're watching. Um, and we only see that continue to grow. So it's one of my favorite things about the power of Twitter. Um, it's the second screen um, where really people have prioritized being on Twitter during these games, during an NBA game to just check in with the fans and NBA Twitter to see what's happening um, and, you know, we, we look forward to continuing to fuel that through some of the partnerships that we have with sports partners to help make sure that the content is flowing in real time and really helps that um, that that natural instinct for fans to want to be on Twitter grow. How do you balance kind of this idea that for some people, second screen, you're 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 watching the game on TV and you're you're scrolling through Twitter on your phone. And for some people, I'm, I'm shocked by how many people I know that just don't really watch sports anymore. Uh, live on TV. They, they follow them. They can get highlight packages in some sports on Twitter almost instantaneously. They see all the big plays. They have a really good sense just from their phone of, of how the flow of the game is going, who's winning, who's losing. Um, it seems like there's also a lot of people for whom I made this joke at the beginning, but but the second screen is now in some ways the first screen that it's, it's replacing in some way in, in addition to just being additive. Yeah, we're, we're moving in a direction and um, some folks might say we're already there uh, for certain demos, but where 
people just like short form content. They want what they want when they want and how they want it. And um, I previously worked at the NFL in a media strategy and biz dev role where we worked with the distribution platforms on our content strategy. So where we wanted what content to go, meaning, you know, a three hour Thursday night football game goes on maybe Fox or CBS or NBC. But let's also play with it on Amazon. Uh, Hold on. Hold on, Kelsey. I spoke to Goodell and Rolap. They're fine with you giving us a peek (laughs) under the hood. So give me a little bit of whatever you can. Give me a little peek of the strategy. Where do they want their stuff and how do they want it utilized? So I haven't worked there for three years. Uh, it's, it's possible it has changed. You know, a lot of things in the media industry, especially with you know TV and digital, have changed a lot. Um, but the the movement to social and digital is real, and that's why you see things like. Thursday Night Football now on Prime Video. So back when I was there, we were testing it on Twitter. We were testing it on Amazon where it was also on TV. But, you know, recently um, it's now only on Amazon Prime Video. So the the strategies are shifting quickly. Um, But then as I was as I was mentioning, the short form content on social is also really important because folks really like the really quick what happened in that play that I just missed. 30 second versus actually having to sit and, and watch a full experience on TV. So we're excited to continue to, to, to lean into that strategy. In, in some crazy world where, where the Kelsey that worked at the NFL could, could talk across the table from the Kelsey that works at, at Twitter. <laughs> uh, what are those conversations actually like outside of obviously price factors into to kind yeah. of who gets these rights, but are you talking about the, obviously I would assume the size of the Twitter audience, the yeah. tech capabilities, how many people can watch it at once? What oh, is you know, you know the word we heard all the time, the Megan, NFL. amplification. Amplification, that's our favorite <laughs> word over here. Um, and I, to be honest, I never really used that word before I came to Twitter, um, but it is a, it is one powerful word. Um, but it's, it's a great question you asked because I honestly do find myself in that situation um, because the, the team that I was on, um, on at the NFL is our partner. Um, so we, we work with that same team here. Um, I don't lead that relationship, but we, we do work with the same team in that while I was there, we were focused on obviously what content do we want on which distribution platforms. And now here I'm at Twitter, I am the distribution platform. So what's the right content uh, opportunity for us to have at Twitter? And so it's I I do find myself in that situation where I try to think back to my old hat and say, you know, how is my partner thinking about this? So when I'm in a deal, you know, renewal with the NBA, I I sometimes feel like I know how they're thinking about something when I'm trying to approach them with an opportunity that I think makes sense for Twitter. Um, And so, yeah, it's the Twitter audience. NBA Twitter is a really strong audience that we have on the platform. It has been strong for years and it only continues to grow. Um, WNBA Twitter as well. I know on this podcast, um, we, we wanted to talk mostly about the NBA, but WNBA is one of my partners that we focus a lot on as well. And um, it's really about the audience, uh, the conversation volume, the engagement that we see from those partners and making sure the content that comes to Twitter makes sense for that audience. So we don't want to just have a three hour game that is put on Twitter in the same way that you would see it on TV, because that's not what the fans want. That's not what they engage with. And we have the data to back that up. Um, But we do find that highlights short form, that's just, that's the way to go, or just things you can't get anywhere else. So NBA Twitter Live is is a franchise that we love in partnership with the NBA and Turner, where 
the fans through engagement can decide what they want, that what they will eventually see. So they can choose the player that they want to see in an isolated camera for the second half of the game. So that sort of only on Twitter fans get a say in what they see is, is really important to NBA Twitter and the platform. And so fans are able to then watch that ISO cam with a really fun talent. So folks like Channing Fry, Taylor Rooks and special guests will bring them into the experience. So short form and then just experiences and content that are really catered to the audience and bring them in and engage with them really work. And so that's what we try to just focus on when we work with our partners externally on content opportunities. We're chatting with Kelsey Bauer, Senior Manager of U.S. Sports Partnerships at Twitter. And in one of your former lives there, Kelsey, you were a TMT analyst at Bank of America Merrill Lynch. You said the word data once. Uh, I'm, I'm curious if you give me uh, how deeply do you delve into data and if you can share that in, in your sort of exec meetings now, what are you pointing to? What is the team sharing, you know, putting up on there with the big, uh, the, the, the big push pin saying, don't forget this, keep our eye on this. Yeah, yeah. It's funny you bring up my investment banking past. That feels like eons ago, <laughs> but it was straight out of college. I, I did work in investment banking for two years. And what? And what made you say I got to get out of this? Was it the? Was it the? You know, ninety hour <laughs> weeks, or you know, yeah, what was it? It's a lot of things. You know, <laughs> it it was great for what it was, and I would do it all over again. But I don't plan to return. I think I had enough of that. (laughs) Um, But it did, to your point, teach me the quantitative analysis and understanding of of media and tech companies because I I was in tech, media and telecom specifically. So it was very intentional that I I wanted to do investment banking, knowing that I I wanted to really work at an entertainment and and sports type company. But is there any bigger driver of revenue? I'm like, if I was going to focus in sports now, and it's, you know, there's different buckets. There's real estate, there's finance. We get it. Yeah. But like TMT is the driver yeah. uh, of sport revenue. I mean, you, you're hitting it right in the bullseye there. Yeah, no, I mean that. And that's why I've, I've been very intentional about, about really liking the sports and, and the media landscape, because there's just so much growth there. When you think about um, we talked about TV versus digital and social before. Uh, a lot of the value that these TV partners and linear your partners are, are getting uh, from content is through sports and entertainment. That is what is keeping people engaged on the TV in other places. Uh, so that is the, the growth area. But to your question when um, about the data and and what we typically point to. For Twitter specifically, obviously, we work with our partners on revenue. So we do want to make sure that both of us, uh, when I say both of us, both Twitter and the partners that we work with um, are you know, generating dollars so that we can, we can both continue to do what we do. Um, <laughs> Back to investment but, banking, if not. <laughs> <laughs> but um, we, we, we talk about conversation and engagement. Um, that is, is really important. So sometimes it's intangibles like, product adoption and, and what we're seeing folks engage with most, whether it's video or, you know, we have spaces now. Um, so we talk about specifically how different content opportunities are, are working. We think about um, 
video views, like how, how many people are watching on, on certain content versus others. Um, but conversation, like number of tweets on certain topics, number of people tweeting about certain topics. We look at hashtags, how are hashtags being used? Like how many times do you see hashtag NBA Twitter or hashtag WNBA Twitter used? So I we, suck at hashtags. <laughs> I just, I, for everything we do, I, 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 like, I don't know if I don't have time or if I'm just dense. Like I, I, I throw out sports biz out there and everything we do and then i watch eben and the other folks on the team they're so darn creative and they do really well and it's and i'm like i just suck at it is that just because i'm old no i mean the key is consistency (laughs) right like finding the hashtag that the community you're trying to tap into uses and being consistent about that Um, because a lot of times people are just using hashtags that they think are cool but the power of a hashtag is in like being able to find things through it and find community through it. And, um, that comes with, you know, repeat use of a hashtag in, in, in creating a community or tapping into a community through that hashtag. So maybe, maybe try that approach. Uh, I'm I'm going to take, I'm going to take a deep breath next in my next tweet. I'm going to take a deep breath. (laughs) <laughs> and say, okay, really, what should I utilize here? Yeah. I'm going to do it. I'm going to make you it. You got to find those effort. emoji hashtags, uh, Scott. I'm, all, I'm, awful. I'm awful at it. <laughs> Kelsey, you mentioned, you mentioned uh, revenue in there. I, I'm always fascinated when we talk about kind of the new sports media platforms from a live event standpoint. If you think about Amazon and they're paying a lot to the NFL, they obviously think that having live rights there contributes back to their core business model. So for the, the events like NBA that you guys have, live rights to. I'm curious how, what you see for the games that you guys have some sort of live rights to, what you see that, that, that you see it kind of contributing back to the core Twitter model. What are you looking for for those specific events to see that it's worth the money to kind of pay up front for that stuff? Oh, yeah. So um, a lot of that has to go back to obviously looking at historically what has resonated most with uh, audiences first and advertisers. So we service at like customers on, on Twitter, on Twitter, um, fans, users on Twitter. And a, and a lot of what we focus on is, you know, the fans who are engaging with the content and then that will bring the advertisers. So we, we lead with what resonates most, most conversation wise, um, video views wise with our fans on the platform. And that will then help lead us to, the best conversations we can have with advertisers who are willing to invest because that is, that is how, at least in my world, how revenue is generated and how we can determine what is best from a return um, on, on an, on an investment perspective is um, how, how much advertisers are willing to invest in the content. But the other half of that is our team cares about revenue, but the other piece of investment is um, just impact and um, fan engagement and, and what is important to folks on the platform. And sometimes that isn't always what is most important to an advertiser. So, um, for example, with our WNBA partnership, um, we've worked really hard to grow revenue. But first, we had to start with what is the com- what is the content that makes most sense for this community? How do we reach them and engage with them and excite them? And then we can have um, a better story for the dollars to flow. But it really works both ways um, for our team, at least. It's not always about what the advertisers 
want to invest in. It's about what we think is right for the platform and the fans that we're servicing because, you know, for Twitter, we're serving the public conversation as our number one goal. I want to ask about, about players. I wrote down some numbers here. LeBron James has 51 million Twitter followers. The Lakers have 10 million Twitter followers. You don't see this as much in any other sport, but in the NBA, it is certainly common to have stars that have a much bigger social media platform than the teams or even the league in which they play. I'm curious why you think that is, if that is something about the way the NBA has kind of, you know, enmeshed itself into American culture that maybe the other leagues haven't achieved, or if it's something about the gameplay, five players, no helmets, whatever it is. I'm curious what you think it is about about the NBA specifically, where it seems like the stars in the NBA have this kind of outsized social media and influence uh, relative to other sports. Yeah, I, I think it all it has to do with personal connection. Um, like human to human connection is is unmatched, right? When you, when you're talking about a platform like Twitter, you you're trying to connect with with people um, and have conversation with people. So when um, you look at athletes like a LeBron or Steph Curry. Um, they're they're really good at connecting with their fan bases. Uh, some folks, you know, the helmet off, helmet on, you know, concept is applicable here. Um, I know some folks call it that, but just that sort of being able to connect back to the human um, is is what I find to be most impactful. They um, NBA players just do a really great job and through the NBA, helping guide them do a great job of, of sharing their stories and experiences outside of just the game. Um, so there's obviously conversation interaction related to certain plays and games, but, you know, talking about what they're doing outside of the games, bringing their families, you know, in from a personal standpoint. So I think they just do a really good job of storytelling and bringing their fans closer to their lives and what they're doing um, that garners success and just like larger fan bases. There's also probably just thinking mathematically something to be said about less players on a team <laughs> um, where with helmets off and less players on a court, there's, you know, a, a more one-to-one correlation that can be had or a relationship that can be had. Um, but I just think the league and, and the teams and the players at, at the NBA do a really good job of storytelling and connection, um, which is what drives fans to, to, to want to continue, you know, to grow that relationship with them. We're chatting with Kelsey Bowers, senior manager of sports sponsorship at Twitter. Now, I don't want to get you in trouble here, Kelsey, but you know, the word on the street is that the NBA is much more willing to try new things than the NFL. <sighs> you, you were there, true or false. The NBA is much more willing to try new things than the NFL. <laughs> I will say they have very different strategies. <laughs> um, they, they both are great at what they do. They just do them in very different ways. Um, having been on both sides, I think the, um, the NFL's take is very different from the NBA's. I think um, working with the NBA now, they they definitely do try to have a very um, as much as they can because you know there are rules around official things that can be tweeted out uh, you know from an at NBA handle. But they really do try to bring a personal element to things, have some humor in what they say, um, engage with fans um, because. To the point I was raising earlier about the human to human connection, although you don't know who's behind at NBA, they do a good job of having a personality, if that makes sense, behind their handle and um, not just necessarily saying, you know, 
the score of the game is right. X versus X, right? There's questions, there's conversations, there's interaction. All right. So the phone rings and says, hey, Kelsey, it's Prague Agarwal calling. What are we doing to innovate? I, you know, I haven't checked in on sports in a, in a couple of months. What are we doing to innovate? You tell them what. Oh, there's so much. Um, there's so much. I think when you when you first start with product innovation, right? So um, thinking about you start with what product Twitter has to offer. Um, so especially when we launched something like Spaces, we really started to innovate with our partners around how do we use that new medium of conversation through the, the awesome content partnerships we have. So um, doing special announcements with leagues and, and bringing awesome talent on to talk to the fans directly. Um, we also spend a great deal of time showing up on site. So we do a lot of on-platform innovation, but also off-platform uh, in real life is what we call it, IRL innovation, where we like to really bring the fans to giving NBA Twitter um bringing back NBA Twitter as an example, bringing them actually into the experience, bringing them closer to the game through Twitter is something that we've done. So um, just recently at an NBA All-Star Weekend, we spent some time with HBCU students um, knowing that this year the uh, NBA had the first HBCU Classic game. Uh, and that was a really awesome experience and love that the league has really prioritized that community. And uh, we wanted to make sure that we spent some time with the students as well and, and really help them have cool experiences and, and bring them closer to, to the game as well. So we had a, a really fun, um, innovative franchise where um, we had some of the HBCU students who were playing in the game. So from Morgan State and from Howard actually tweet out questions to all-stars. So they ask questions like, how do you manage anxiety or what's been, you know, the highlight of your career? And the all-stars actually answered them via video. So we had a Steph Curry, a Trey Young, a Carl Anthony Towns actually speaking to these students, saying their name, responding to them. And the reactions from the students were priceless. Um, just hearing, you know, the, the players really relate to them one-to-one. Um, and then we had a tweet suite at, at All-Star where we hosted students from Wilberforce University, Central State University, um, and, they, and um, they, they really had a chance to interact with folks from um, the NBA Twitter community. So um, like a Taylor Rooks, um, Maria Taylor, Ari Chambers. We brought Ned, our, our CFO, and, and he came and was able to interact with the students as well. And then uh, we had other people like Drewski or AJ from 106 in Park join to, to really curate an awesome experience for the students, um, bringing that sort of impact to the forefront um, and making sure that obviously that conversation was captured on Twitter as well. And that experience was captured on Twitter. So um, we, we do a lot on the sports team to focus on innovation uh, to really make sure that we're connecting the audience on Twitter back to the, the core sports experience. Before we go, Kelsey, Scott has the, his three rules of Twitter. Oh, yes. On when to send a tweet uh, that yeah. I would love to get your opinion on. All right. So, so I'm, I'm doing it, Evan. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. All right. Number one, does this need to be said? Like I want all my reporters before they fire something off. Number one, does this need to be said? Number two, does this need to be said right now? Mm. Number three, does this need to be said right now by me? And then I'm like, oh. if you if you pause at any stage, 
don't send that tweet. This feels like a way to never send a tweet. But if you can get if you can get through it, then by by all means, go ahead, fire away. Yeah, I mean, I'm not mad at that strategy, especially the "Does this need to be said right now?" piece um, is is really key to, of course, Twitter because. We want to talk about what's relevant, what's happening now, so people can engage and and have a conversation about it. But if it's something that can be saved for another time, you know, maybe maybe now is not the time <laughs> to tweet it out. Um, so I, I kind of like your strategy. I I'm, I'm interested to see how how much success you see in in better tweets from your your friends. <laughs> You're getting back in my good graces. We'll get you out of here on this one, Kelsey. Uh, by congratulations, are order. Recently married, yes. Yes, in December. So please tell me, please tell me you met on Twitter. We did not. We're oh, I was, I was hoping we had the perfect close. Twitter, Twitter was not really as much of a thing when we met. So we. Oh, so you met on Facebook? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> perfect, perfect joke. Well, Kelsey Bowers, senior manager of sports partnerships at Twitter. Thanks so much for joining it, uh, joining us. We really do appreciate it. Uh, next time we'll we'll limit you to 140 characters. <laughs> Sounds good. Thank you so much for having me. It was great to meet you. All right, Evan. So, you know, there we have it from from Kelsey over at Twitter herself. Uh, you know, I have a good strategy. Uh, you know, be careful not to get in trouble. And uh, you, I guess she somewhat, somewhat uh, praised or at least uh, is accepting of your use of the underscore. I think you'll, I think you'll, oh, I think someone is, I, well, no, I don't know. If about this that. was a court of law, I'd <laughs> objection leading the witness. Mm. You know, we have to get Mike McCann on that, but I think you kind of <laughs> led her into knowing where you came down on that. Well, she agreed with me in the end, and she is uh, an expert uh, in Twitter. Uh, but it's got an interesting conversation there. It's certainly, you know, fascinating to hear from someone who has first sat on the league side of these conversations yeah. as they chat with, with, with all of these new media groups about distribution and amplification, et cetera, and then switched jobs and is now sitting on the other side representing Twitter in a lot of those conversations. You really get a sense for, and it varies, as you mentioned and as she hinted at, it varies by league. But there are leagues for whom the audience on Twitter, the engagement on Twitter, the way in which Twitter kind of represents a lot of what's happening culturally in America is really attractive platform for a lot of sports leagues. All right. He is Eben Novi Williams on the aforementioned Twitter. Novi underscore Williams. I am Scott Soshnick at Soshnick on Twitter. Our producer is Matt Whitehurst. Matt, thank you much, uh, very much for all that you do. Our social media editor is Cora Veltman. She loves it when I remind you that the show can be found on Twitter at Sportacast, and it is the hub of what will very soon become the Sportico Media Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.